But either way, it, this is not conducive to them winning football games or winning a championship, more importantly. He's not the guy that you fell in love with. He's not right? the guy I fell in love with. He's changed. He's changed. I don't know what you, who you are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We'll get to that guy, my long-lost love. My mister used to throw aggressive lasers all over the football field. Yes, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We'll get to that. He's no longer my top love in my life. He's you've, not. You've fallen out of love. I've fallen him. out of love, and I've whored myself to other people. Sorry. And it's one of those where you go, you know, usually you say, it's not you, it's me. Right. No, it's you. No, it's you. It's you. There's better options out there. <laughs> You're not that good, and there's better options out there. Sorry. Sorry. What's up, everybody? It's Chris Sims on Button. Ahmed Farid is here on a Monday. Misty, runny de- rainy day yeah. here in the Northeast. He's wearing his lobster reds today. Mm-hmm. He's ready for ball. Lobster reds. Lobster reds. He's like he's got he's like Buccaneers over here. He's a, it's almost a pewter sweatshirt. He's got his energy drink. He's ready to go. I'm ready. He is. He's very witty and sarcastic so far early this morning. So yeah. I could tell he's got a little extra energy. I could tell he didn't stay up late and wasn't on the Peacock show <laughs> last night. So he's got he's fresh. He's feeling good. I can usually come in here barely able to talk after that Peacock show. So I'll be able to talk a little bit better. Still not a hundred percent. Right. But. Right. Uh, no, it was a good, it was another crazy day. It was, it was, it was one of those days where it's like, it's been such a weird year that you're just waiting every week. And I listened to you and Mike talk about it on yeah. the picks pod right. on Thursday. It's like, all right, week seven seems as good a time as any for everything to kind of start to make sense again. And I would say from my vantage point, sitting at home, watching these games, it, it still doesn't make sense. No, I, a I lot of you. it doesn't make sense. Right. Still. Well, maybe it, maybe it's it's the the fact that it doesn't make sense, or the, those things that are maybe those are the new realities we just got to get used to. I think that's where we're starting to get to, where we go, hey, you you got to get away of your bias, your you know preconceived notions about what teams should be during the year, and now just kind of evaluate it for what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Between that, hey, a few bounces of the ball, the craziness of going forward on fourth downs as usual it is leading to some crazy football but I I think some of these teams that we keep going well this is crazy they lost like this this is crazy they lost like this I think we need to come to the realization that maybe this is who it is and I'm not saying I'm any better I mean I'm I'm a guy here that was oh I think the Bucks will straighten it out this week and you know that Panthers offense sucks and they'll win an ugly game I thought they'd win like a 20 to 6 20 to 10 type of football game what Get dominated twenty one to three. I mean, it's just yeah. The the, the league is uh, crazy, and you know, I think some of us misevaluated teams and where they're at going into this year. So our promise to the homies, yeah, you listening at home or in your car or wherever that may be, right? Is we're going to talk about every game from Sunday. We got damn okay. Yeah, we give damn okay to players that surprised us or yeah. impressed us mm-hmm. and stood out. We have give me the headlines, which Chris participated in today. I did. Thank you very much for giving me that honor. He helped. Yeah. yeah. Pete and I had some thoughts. Yeah. Chris improved him. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well but. done. And then we'll talk about Monday Night Football, the last game, some props out there, Patriots and Bears. So a lot to get to. Every game will start with the game of the day. It was one of the late games. It was your Kansas City Chiefs. Your love has faded from Aaron Rodgers, and it is now squarely on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. It is. Yep. Uh, the Chiefs' offense was awesome in this one against a, a 49ers defense that's still a little banged up. Yes, Got it is. Got some injuries there. Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, but had Bosa back. Right. On the offensive side, had Trent Williams back, so not as banged up as they had been, and it was still a blowout here. <laughs> yes, Chiefs, <right. laughs> Chiefs won 44-23. to 23. Uh, let's just let's just take a look at 
Um, let's yeah. take a look at the 49ers defense yeah, here. Let's take go? a look at the graphic yeah. here because right. I, I think this kind of tells the story. It's yeah. the 49ers defense, you know, injuries and all, had been very good the first six weeks of the season. 14 points allowed. They gave up 44 against the Chiefs. It was almost, it was more than double the yards. 529 yards allowed against the Chiefs. They were averaging 255 allowed. I mean, just every number al- around the, the, the offense for the Chiefs Blown was away. up significantly over right. what the 49ers have given up in the past. So, was this a case of alarm bells going off for the 49ers? Like, uh-oh, what, what's, what's going on here? Or is the Chiefs, are, is it just that good of an offense right now that it doesn't matter who they play against? I, I think that's where we got to get to a little bit. But I think the, the big thing is you have to be a special defense and you got to be somewhat at full strength to think you're going to slow down or make things life hard on them, right? That's for sure. And then, of course, you caught them on a week where they lost the game where they probably feel like they should have won in Buffalo. So you caught them. You caught the Chiefs, and oh shit, we're not. We're gonna fall to four and three if we lose this, you know, game. So you caught them in that mode, and I think that Ahmed, you're saying it right. I think we're getting to a point here. I, I don't really know if it fucking matters what defense comes to town. It's like 85 Bears are here. I'm still gonna say they flirt with 25, 28, 300 yards passing. It just doesn't matter. And that's where I get into the – I feel like they have more to defend this year than ever before. All right? One, you've heard me say from the start of the year, I think that them not having Tyree Kill is actually going to be a, a benefit for their football team. I don't know if I'm totally right on that yet, but so far it looks pretty good. And I don't mean that when I say that to be disrespectful to Tyree Kill. I think he's amazing. I just think this is one team where big plays are not a problem. Right? They got enough weapons, and they got a quarterback that, like Josh Allen – they're just always looking for the big play, so it doesn't. They don't have to like have the extra pressure of wait. Oh wait, I got a guy that runs four two, and we lined him up, and we got him on the deep route. So I got to throw the ball deep to him every time. Every time we call that play, I got to throw it. And that's where I felt like he was a little bit caught in that matrix the last few years. Now it's like let the wor- offense work for me. I got plenty of guys to throw the ball to, and I think they're giving you more to defend on the offensive side of the ball. They're running the ball just a little bit more. There's a few more tricks and reverses and speed sweeps. They're a better screen team this year. So I think with all that, and we've talked about their offensive line, I think is still one of the better pass-protecting lines in all of football. I think all that leads to, hey, 49ers, your defense is still really good, and I'm not panicked. But you can't mess – wait, you got to be full strength to mess with that team. And, and then to me, you know, that, that's, that's a huge deal. They need Kinlaw. They need Armstead. They need those type of guys to get them off the field on a third down or some of these first and second down games where it's just not like, oh, they got 10 yards on second down. Uh, that, that, that to me is the big thing, Ahmed. I think you kind of hit it. It's just a special team and offense we're watching here. And we're seeing the weapons emerge I know. kind of All for right. them too. It was interesting in the backfield, Pacheco got the start, right. I think, over Clyde edwards Hilaire. although they You're both right. played quite a bit in, in this game. Didn't run a whole lot, didn't need to yeah. run a whole lot. They just, they just keep you honest with it, right? Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, you, you watch them. It's just like... They don't let you just go total pass defense all the time. Once they start to go, wait, all right, you, are you going to pass rush us like this? And you're going to leave a, the guard uncovered here, right? Like our old guard bubble play? They're like, okay, fine. Jeez, if you're going to just basically let us block it perfectly how we want to, we'll hand it off. And that's where they're good. And then, of course, with their wrinkles and all that, too. And then you're saying it, right? There's weapons emerging because they're all like, man, the offense is fun and He's spreading the ball around, and we're all going to get to touch it. And when's it going to be my turn? And I think that's just kind of infectious with their team right now, and that's where you know, they're fun to watch. They're in another level of the Niners right now. They are.
the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Eagles are on another level from the rest of football. It's right hard now. to say anyone is all that close to them. I, right? I, I don't even who, know who that would be. I, 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 I think you're right. Because we said it last week. This right. isn't like a. I mean, because the Eagles were were off. Right. Um, the yeah. Cowboys, I think, are it would Dak, and then that pass game gets going. Maybe yeah. the team that I'd go, they're on the verge or they're on the. You know, outer brinks of those three teams, maybe to a degree. I think they have the potential for that. Yeah, but like the Giants at six and one, and Minnesota at five and one. I don't put them in that class. I'm no. sorry. You know, I love those teams. But yes, I think that you said it right. I think they're a little bit of a class of their own right now. Those three football teams. There was one of the homies that tweeted both of us right. yesterday during the game. They go, "I got the headline uh, for this. I wish I had his name. I don't have it with me." Um, but uh, this is not a give me the headline game. Yeah. It was a, a later on, right? But he goes Debo Hardman, right? For uh, for Miko Hardman, right. it was like, a very similar. They were using him as a as a guy end around guy. He had a couple rushing touchdowns. He had a receiving touchdown. He is the first wide receiver in the Super Bowl era with those statistics: two or more rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdown in a single game. We thought maybe he could emerge as the speed guy with Tyreek out of there. I don't know if this is going to be an every game thing, but that's your point. It doesn't need to be an every game thing. It just needs to be once every four games. Well, right. there's Miko. Oh, oh there he the- is. Oh, we gotta we gotta worry about that. Yeah. We gotta prepare for that, right? I mean, yes. I think I think you're. It's a, it's it, you don't want to. You know what's funny is when we were in the pregame show getting ready to Garrett and Jason Garrett and Tony Dungy. I said to them a few times. I said this is funny. I was like, I feel like the Chiefs are kind of doing what like the 49ers do to teams, right? Where. And, and and it's right to our our question here from the guy that you so rudely forgot about and don't know his name now that tagged us on Twitter. Oh, I got it. You got it. Pete just got it for us. Yeah, Michael, three eyes. Michael, yeah, three Michael. eyes. Michael, Michael. <laughs> but <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Michael, you, you I, I do think he's right. I, I think I look at you know the runs that you're talking about, the speed sweeps, the reverses, some of the screens. Some of the short yardage situations, forget trying to run it up the middle. Like That was the thing I liked about them yesterday. They had a few times where it was like second and one or third and one, and they were like, wait, they got everybody at the line of scrimmage. We got Patrick Mahomes. Let's just throw a 20-yard play. Like It's wide open down there. They're trying to stop the one-yard gain, and, oh, it's third and 20. Let's throw a screen underneath to Pacheco. Oh, he ran for – or it was McKinnon. Ran for a touchdown. So uh, I, I did kind of – have that same thought as our, our listener there. But, yeah, the Chiefs, between that, I still worry about the Chiefs' defense a little bit. As you saw yesterday, you know, I, I do think the 49ers, if the game didn't start becoming a kind of a shootout, they might have been able to run on the run the ball on, mm. the, on the Chiefs a little bit. That's scary. But the Chiefs is always make plays. That's the one thing about their defense. They're opportunistic, and it's like, big mo- okay, you've moved the ball and you scored points, but now it's like it's, it's time to go. And it's, oh, Chris Jones made a play. Oh, Frank Clark got a sack. Oh, this guy got an interception pick six against Justin Herbert is where our backs are against the wall, right? They're just that kind of team, and that's where um, they're a lot of fun to watch, and, and like you said, they're, they're one of the best. Yeah, defensively, Chris Jones did stand out for the Chiefs in this one at times. Strozinski Lucas says Chris Jones had another two sacks yesterday, also forced a Jimmy G fumble. I know yeah. I'm a Chiefs fan, but he would be my defensive player of the year through he, seven weeks. He's up there. He is. I mean, you think about every game we've watched this year with the Chiefs. He makes monster plays. He is, uh, without question, playing all-pro football. And, yeah, he might be one of those guys. Because I'm trying to think right now, like, defensively, is there any guy that's like just we're going, whoa, 
That's the defense. Michael Parsons, of course, is in that conversation. Zadarius Smith. Yeah, I mean, I know Nick Bosa yeah. is having still a, a damn good year, even with you know being out a number of games. But uh, I, I can get behind that. I think at this point of the year, Chris Jones is is way better than his five five sacks uh, on the year, and and his disruption and then fuck the playup stats yeah. are way up there. Yep. Uh, we can't move on from this game without talking about the huge move that the 49ers made. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, it was what? What day was that? Was that the weekend? It yeah, was. That was uh, Friday. That was Friday. Was right? it Friday? Oh, Thursday, Thursday night, night right, into Friday. Right, right. It was at the end of the Thursday night game where That's Al right. Michaels came on. That's right. right. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey is now a 49er. Yeah. For this year, few years to come, we would think because he signed uh, for that. They had to give up a lot. A few draft picks, second rounder, third rounder, fourth rounder, I yeah, believe. You're Maybe right. a fifth rounder next year. I think that was the total package. Uh, he had 10 touches. He had 62 yards on 22 snaps. Just being introduced to this offense, so you figure it's got to get better from here. How much does he change this 49ers team? I think it's going to be a, a huge boost to their, their team, their offense, everything. I think what it does to me is just it goes – it allows Shanahan to do what he wants to do more and not have to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo to go, hey, we got to drop back and throw it 45 times here for us to win this game this week. I think it just gives them more leeway, latitude, whatever, however you want to say it, to, you know – embolden, enhance the tricks within his offense. You know that, that, That's how I kind of look at it. First off, McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are not that dissimilar. They're very similar people. I mean, they're built not that differently. Mm-hmm. And like Christian McCaffrey, first off, his dad was an NFL wide receiver, played for Kyle Shanahan's father in Denver, if people didn't know that. But he can run routes like a high-level NFL wide receiver. And then... Of course we know he can run the football. So I just think they're going to stress you out with, you know, you know what my spiels I always give. Hell, you know, fake to McCaffrey, screen to Debo. Fake to Debo, screen to McCaffrey. Fake the reverse to Debo, toss it to McCaffrey. You know, fake the reverse to McCaffrey, toss it to Debo. Fake the toss to McCaffrey, fake the reverse to Debo, inside screen to Kittle. Oh, fake the screen, fake the toss, fake the reverse. You know, oh, it's play action. There goes Ayuk down the middle. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody gets the point. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Get the point. But I do think they're interchangeable almost. Yep. Where, you know, you're going to be like, okay, Debo's a tailback. Oh, wait, they got Christian McCaffrey playing flanker here. Oh, he's coming in motion. Oh, they did run the ball. Oh, they ran play action pass and he ran a route. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got the speed sweep around the edge and they faked it to Debo. I mean, so you know what I'm saying there. And so, I think yeah. that's where it's going to be really good. They still the favorite? For you out west? They are. I'm yeah. not I'm not going away from that. That game was, you know, it got away from them a little bit yesterday, but there were still points in the football game. I mean, again, it was 28 to 13 with four, I mean 28-23 with yeah. with 14 minutes left in the football I mean, it game. It was 10 nothing 49ers right off the exactly bat. Exactly right. So I'm not going to sit here and go, "Oh, whoa, I'm so panicked by what I saw there." Yeah. Their defense will play better if they get to play them again. They'll have better feel for them. They'll be healthier. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw this in the Super Bowl. I believe this is what I made my Super Bowl matchup anyways. You're hoping. So, you're hoping. It could yeah. be the one pick you get right this year <laughs> if <laughs> this actually happens in the Super Bowl. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, when he is down 10, he does not panic. 13-9 and nine now in his career when trailing by 10 or more points at any point in a game. So when they're down double digits, you go, oh, more times than not, Patrick Mahomes is going to win. That's it's crazy. Amazing. That's an insane stat. It's, it's a just, good team around him, yes, but that's it insane. It, just, it shows you his focus, you know, what he's capable of what they're capable of. And I honestly think it just shows you that he's fearless. That's the thing I love about Patrick Mahomes. It's just 
he's one of the he's rare in the fact that he can make mistakes or throw interceptions and still play the same game. You know what I mean? Yep. A lot of guys like throw an interception that early. Oh no, okay, all right. They play conservative. Okay, hey, we're back in the game. Okay, finally now I can maybe take some chances again. But it's like you don't even know he throws an interception early in the game. You don't, you forget about it. You just go, whoa, here he goes. Here goes Mahomes. Whoa, whoa, what a throw, what a play. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, that's where he is amazing. And you know, like I like like we said, you said the 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 Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, in another class. You know, as I've been saying all year, and and you joined in with me, Mahomes and Josh Allen to me are in another class from the rest of football as well at the quarterback position right now. The young guns, the while young the guns. old guns take a step back, which timers. moves us on to our get wrong games part of the podcast here. Because I was listening on Thursday again, and Mike Florio made these the get right games. Yeah, he thought you know it's time for the Bucks to get right, time for the Packers to get right. Uh, they did not. So we'll start with the Buccaneers, twenty-one to three. They go down to the pa- uh, Panthers. Mr. Sunshine 813 says Brady only 3 points WTF. Yeah. Chris WTF. WTF. What the heck happened? What Oh, okay. That's WTH. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think everything that we're we've been saying is still holds very true in this football game. First off, the the Panthers have a better defense than what people think statistically right we've talked about this a little bit there's yeah. a lot of talent there there is and you know they've had a shit offense so like we oh anytime you see you see a defense that's you know well got some talent but why do their, their statistics not match up well you know when the offense can't stay on the field sustain any drives do anything like that they just get worn down you know but they were in a game yesterday where i, I mean th- their defense honestly looked like in another class compared to the bucks offense they really did I mean, the speed of the, the the Panthers on that side of the ball, to me, was like remarkably different than what the speed of the Buccaneers were on the offensive side of the ball. It's the second week in a row. I think we could say Brady is jittery, right? He is not comfortable, and nothing's coming easy for their offense, and then he's just not the type of guy that's going to be like, hey, get on my back, and I'll make it happen. So that, And then especially not at 45. And then, again, I think you just couple that with they can't run the ball, and now they have to throw with him. And I don't think they have great speed on the offensive side of the ball, as you've heard me say the last few weeks. So Carolina was capable of matching up and playing some man-to-man and changing things up that way um, and made life hard of them. I mean, I'm, I was shocked. I thought we would see Brady and company be a little more surgical yesterday. And, yeah, it wouldn't be, like, great, but I'd go, oh, okay, they put together three or four good drives and – you know, that was way to go. And then yeah. I think what's the shocking on top of that is that just the dam broke. Like, what was it, late second, third quarter in the run game, the run defense? I, I just not, not just like, oh, wow, they got lucky and broke that run. Like, holy shit, look at the size of that hole in the Buccaneers' defense. That might have been even more surprising right? than anything that I think it was the shocker of the offense. day. That's a good call. Right. You know, three points, no one would have thought that. But the fact that Foreman jumps right in for Christian McCaffrey and goes for 118 yards. Hubbard is there, too, 63 yards. Right, it's crazy. Long touchdown. Right. Uh, that was that was surprising. And P.J. Walker, full credit to him, uh-huh. made Let's some of the it. prettiest throws, prettiest touchdowns of the day. Right? You see those throws he made? I, don't, I, I didn't see all of his throws, but he was 16 to 22, 177 yards. But He's got some talent. It looked good. Uh, we have his passing chart from the last two weeks here. 
So on the left is last week, and his average depth of target last week, is, as you might be able to guess by looking at it, was actually negative. It was a negative average depth of target, everything behind the line of scrimmage. He had many of those again this past week, but a couple deep shots down the field, and those two touchdowns included in that. Yeah. They, ma- they made the couple of big plays that you figured the Bucks would make. That's right. Game. You know, you, And you wonder, like, if Evans catches the ball to start the game on the first drive, is the game a little different? Does it give them some momentum? I don't know. You know, it certainly kind of puts a damper on your day a little bit. And, like, for a minute, you just got to go, damn, man, we just missed a chance to have an easy seven and get things going. But hey, Walker, he moves well, and he controls the ball. You know, and we'll see. If he gets a chance to play here, I wouldn't be shocked if he impresses them to the point where they're like, ah, oh, Baker, take a few more weeks. Oh, Sam, it's okay. I mean, th- those guys aren't that more physically gifted than P.J. Walker. So, I understand that. And I think Steve Wilkes even gave a gave a comment after the game. Like, if he continues to play like this, he might be the guy. We're not just going to, you know, bench him. So we'll see where it goes. But that was the shocker of shockers. And it's to the point now where I think it's official, where, again, where you heard me say the last few weeks, like, I'm worried, but I, I still think they're a pretty good team. You know, they're still, like, it's it's now to – yeah, okay, they're a solid team. They're solid, you know, maybe. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're on the verge for me of, like, you just go, I don't know, actually. Can they, can they get to the playoffs? Can they do this? You know, the NFC South, of course, is so not good I know. that it almost gives them a, a free pass to a degree here. But, but at the same time, there's major concerns. And I think Buccaneers, at the very least right now, just go, there's no way they're winning the Super Bowl. You know, I feel like I'm getting to the time of the year. Maybe we do that on Wednesday, where there's teams where I just go, yeah, their record's good, blah blah blah, whatever. But there's not like only a certain amount of teams I look at that can go, they can go to the Super Bowl and yeah. win it, maybe. And the Bucks right now are certainly not that. At this point, if they scored in the upper 20s offensively, that'd be a surprise. Now, it would. I think if it happened a couple weeks ago, or even this week, be like, all right, now they're getting things going. If it happens moving forward, it's like, wow, that that stands out. That stands out because we don't know that that offense is capable. I don't it know if it is point. capable either. Uh, Mike Evans on that drop had yeah. 10.9 yards of separation. That is the most separation on a drop this season. There is not a defender within 10 yards of him. Uh, yeah, who knows what would have happened there. But the fact remains that they had one red zone appearance in this game. Yeah. It wasn't even like they were getting down there no, and not No, it wasn't converting. like messing it up. Exactly right. Like they weren't getting down there. No. Like they nothing were not. was working. No. Nope. It's crazy. It's a mystery. It's kind of cool to see, uh, honestly, just because it's interesting. Sorry, Bucks fans out there, but who would have ever thought? CJ Easterday says, damn okay to Steve Wilkes. Panthers have looked much better ever since he has taken over. Chris, do you think Wilkes deserves the chance at the head coach job this offseason? I, I, listen, I, Steve Wilkes got a bad a raw deal when he was in Arizona, I mean, plain and simple. You know, they did not really support him with a team that really gave him a chance to like actually say, oh, okay, yeah, wait, you know, we, we, you should have succeeded and you failed, and now we should fire you. It's like they gave him nothing, and then Cliff Kingsbury got there, and they kind of went on a spending spree, and they're like, hey, look, now you coach a team, and we gave you a bunch of better players. So he got a raw deal there, for sure. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not. I mean, again, I think he's, he's always been one of the better defensive minds in all of football, and he has made an improvement. I mean, again, even with their ugly offense last week, they hung in there with the Rams because of their defense. So, uh, yeah, but I think he's going to have to put a few more, like, not just for me, for his owner, you know, for the fan base, got to put together maybe a few more performances like this Mm -hmm. where we just, the defense is the star of the show. And we go, whoa, like this, this, they got something going with this system and these players and the way he's coaching to where it, it, we all open our eyes and go, well, are you sure you want to let him go? Your defense is playing, 
you know, high level football. If he gets a few more like this, then I, I think he's re- legitimately going to throw his name into the pile of like I could be the guy next year. Yeah, and if not there, somewhere else. Yeah, maybe, no doubt. You know, you could put a if Carolina does not lock him up, some other team will look at him and be like, that was pretty good. Ever since he was there and fired everyone, it was cra- kind of crazy how it all started like that. But yes. uh, Rams was not that easy of a victory for them. So no, this it was is not, two weeks exactly. in a row where it's right. been difficult for teams that on right. paper are better than the Carolina Panthers. So well done. Carolina Panthers, well done, Washington Commanders against your former crush and love, Aaron Rodgers. Like at this, do you have to text him and break up with him? How do you do it? Like, what do you What do you have to do at this point to uh, signify that that relationship is over? I don't know. He's probably if he's watching enough TV or seeing Sunday Night Football, he's probably already realized it. He got the hints that well, this guy's moved on to Mahomes and Allen. I'm not. I'm no longer his favorite anymore. Commanders won twenty three twenty one. Rodgers had 47 passing yards in the first half. He didn't go over 100 yards until the fourth quarter. In fact, and I saw this on NFL.com's research, Devondre Campbell, his 63-yard pick six, was longer than all of the Packers receiving production in the first half. They were 0 for 6 on a third down. Let's, let's look at the passing chart yeah. so Chris can really get wound up once again on what Aaron Rodgers has not done this year. And as Pete says in my ear, this looks familiar. We've seen this before. Everything right around the line of scrimmage looks like we have a couple deep chucks, 35 yards, 40 yards down the field. They were incomplete. One complete uh, above 20 yards there. Right. That was a, uh, yep, you got that. And then the, the great touchdown throw he had to Aaron Jones that on the was left good sideline. That was, that was his, that was that the was best like, throw of the day. When I saw that, he, he got flushed out of the pocket. And you were like, that's old Aaron Rodgers right Turned there. his hips, his shoulders, yeah. found Aaron Jones. I was like, that's the guy that Chris fell in exactly love with. Exactly right. Um, Will he? Can he win you back? Can he ever win you back with another performance no, like this? No, they're not. They're not. They're not going to win me back. I mean, that's not. That's not happening. They're not going to win anybody back. Again, this is. It, it's just so hard to watch them. They're not fun to watch. I don't really understand the process at times, and like. You know, like we just talked about Brady with Rodgers, it's just there's unnecessary jumpiness in the pocket where you just go settle your fucking feet and throw the ball. You're Tom Brady. You're Aaron Rodgers. And there was a number of those yesterday again. You know, he had, he had a play where you saw Romeo Dobbs drop the, like, uh, third down throw, right? Yep. We showed it on Sunday Night Football a little bit. I like that. That was right? a good tape, yeah. Well, well, like, again, that's Pete's doing the tapes. And I'm going, watch, I'm going, Pete, look at this play. Let's, let's watch this play, right? And I knew the coaches were going to talk about it a little bit. But, like, there we are. Protection was perfect. That was a game plan play. Why did we not let Sammy Watkins have a chance to maybe make a play down the field who was wide open, he was. right? Yep. He was wide open. And then to add that, you go, okay, Dobbs is open. There we go. But why are you, like, fading away and jumping like the 85 Bears are bearing down your neck and you're like, oh, no, I don't have any more time. And then you throw the ball low and then yell at the sideline and Lafleur and go, "What the fuck are we doing? I don't know what the fuck are you doing." Yeah, like I, I, as much as he's my ex love in life and everything, you don't get a free pass. I'm not going to give anybody a free pass. So it's that, you know. I think that play signifies you, you it guys all. Did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete, well done on the tape and good job by you identifying that and, and coach did a good job at halftime again showing it because he declines to go deep when it was open. Yes, he goes short. And even there makes a makes a bad pass. Right. Or the last play of the game when they had the fourth and short and he throws the ball in the flat. I mean, the the, the commanders were basically like, they're gonna throw in the flat. Let's I, I don't even need to cover my guy. They they left the guy uncovered and he's already made his decision. Again, where you just go, Come on, you're too good. Read it out. 
Like, you've already run this play a few times, too. You don't think they're, they're going to maybe recognize it? Nor the fact that they saw it on film 700 times during the week because that's you guys, it's every other pass is like that? So, yeah, that's where, you know, I just don't get it. And, again, like I said, too, with even the, describing the passing chart, you know, throwing just a random go route down the sideline does not make you an aggressive team, even if you complete it every now and then. It just that's, that's not what it is. Oh, wait. You know, again, you've heard me say this over and over. The good offenses are naturally aggressive. Every play is aggressive. And then Mahomes goes, all right, I didn't have the 40-yard bomb. Here, Kelsey, underneath for seven, and he ran for 10 yards after the play. Oh, damn, I didn't have digs deep. Oh, here, Dawson Knox underneath, 15 yards later, boom. But but they're doing it the other way around, and that's just not going to get it done. And then, you know, their defense dropped some opportunities, Ahmed. You know, yeah. they, I know they had the pick six. They probably could have caught another two or three interceptions at least. Probably another two pick sixes, honestly. And they need that right now. Their defense has got to kind of carry them and make these type of plays. They didn't capitalize on that, and then it became Heineke time. Yes. There was a fumble re- return for a touchdown that was called back to because of a penalty. Yes. But you're right. I love Taylor Heineke. And maybe that's the idea. Don't start him in the first half. He was two for nine for 21 yards. He's not a first-half quarterback. He, I, lo- I love him because he is the quarterback. This is what I say. He's the quarterback you want in a game. As you take a look at his numbers there, first half, second half. Yeah, second half he was 13 to 16 for 162 yards. Baller. He's a second-half quarterback. He is. If, if there's a game that's ugly right. and kind of like both teams are having a hard time with it, I'll take Taylor Heineke. It just seems like it, you know his elusiveness, right? He did some things you. that Carson he, Wentz can't do. No doubt right? about it. Getting out he of can some move of those around pressures. better that way, right? I don't know. He just makes play, and and, and Terry McLaurin, uh, him individually, seems like he likes playing for Taylor Heineke. He made some awesome, he awesome did. catches out he there. He did. He was great. Um, but there's just some weird magic well, that goes I on mean, when he plays late in games. I, I hear you. When the game becomes kind of like you know backyardish, and the pass rush is a little tired, yeah. and you know, defenses, okay, wait, I've seen this a few times now and this blitz and all that. There, there's something there. I don't, I don't disagree with you. He's a gamer. He's a real, real gamer. He is. I mean, I, his physical talent is never going to jump off the screen. He's right. never going to be the guy that, like, they go, wait, we got our future. They're gonna, he's going to play good here the next few weeks, and they go, well, should we replace him with Carson Wentz anyways? You know, and and unfortunately, that is who he is at this point of his career. But that was an unbelievable second half performance by him. It is. It's just gritty, and like you said, makes a few plays with his legs, gets out of trouble. You know, things that don't go on the stat sheet where you just throw the ball away and you go, oh, "Okay, good job there." That would have been a sack, loss of seven. Um, but yeah, overall, and then you know, I think the other thing too is this is how you know Green Bay struggling too is like Washington ran the ball on you. Washington can't run the ball on anybody, like anybody. Like so that, that's just like I don't what the fuck is going wrong with Green Bay? I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, not only I mean, like yes, Rodgers, the short passing offense is a disgrace. It's just the defense itself. I'm just a little shocked that it has not been more dominating. That might be the thing that's more shocking than anything. We knew Green Bay was kind of like on offense. We were calling it at the end of last year. Yeah. They need to be a little more aggressive and do that stuff. Did I think it would go to this extent? No, but. I for sure thought their defense was going to be, you know, one of the, you know, top defenses in football and tough to handle no matter who played against them. Yeah, and Terry McLaurin's awesome, and Curtis Samuel is awesome. He is, but they were without Jahan Dotson, uh-huh. Logan Thomas, Deami Brown, Brown. Did right. not even play. That's that's pretty. I know. I mean, 
man, when I was looking at that, I was like, Commanders actually have some sneaky they have good some talent. Good talent. They do. Wide receiver, running back with exactly Robinson right. and Gibson. They exactly got some right. sneaky good talent. It's the so. offensive line that's really been holding them back. Yeah. And if they can do what they did yesterday. Wouldn't be surprised if they win a few more games. I wouldn't be surprised either. They're, they're, the defense, as we've talked about, you know, and I made fun of Del Rio early in the year, and they're, like I told you, they're close. I said that, I think, last week. Yeah. It's close. There was, there was, when I went back and really started to study them before their Thursday night game a few weeks ago against the Bears, I was kind of like, hey, let me sit down and really watch the commanders from start to finish of the season here. And I kept going, man, all right, there's a little more talent than I thought. Ooh, you know, they actually played pretty good in this game. They just had this one mistake or this one play. And so there was some silver lining to what you were seeing, right? And uh, I think we're, we're seeing it maybe come together here for them. Yeah, maybe the defense can play, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust up. You'll get you. We move on now to the best division in all of football. Ooh. The NFC Beast. The, the Beast of the East. I mean, that sums up how crazy this year has been, Pretty right? Much. And how upside down Pretty this season much. is. It's been the division that has been at the bottom. I think they've been at the bottom, right? Don't we think that they've been at Pound for pound, it's been the worst division in football. I don't think there's any doubt right? about that. We've had a division I mean, winner Washington, than everyone else. Washington got in the playoffs and was a four seed a few years ago at 7-9, and nine, right? Am I wrong with that? I mean, two years ago when they almost beat the Bucks in the wild card game, they were 7-9 <laughs> and nine with yeah, Taylor with Heineke. Taylor Heineke, right. magic man. <laughs> uh, but they are 17-3 and three this year with two of those three losses coming against each other. So they couldn't win those games. And so they basically are beating everyone else out there. And the Giants did it again against the Jaguars. This was a tough one for you because you love the Jaguars and you I think do. that they're better than everyone else, which I think they are. But then you got the Giants, and the Giants were able to come through in this one. I, it, I don't want to really start here, but I know it'll get you going. Yeah, go ahead. Well, well. So this is where I'm, this is. I want. I'm glad you're going to go here to start this. This is the I, difference between these two teams, maybe. Yes? Well, go ahead. And what were you going to say? No, go. You go. Well, you're already getting riled up. Go. Well, you, you know, as I'm going to the fourth and one. Yep. Jacksonville had a chance to go up by a touchdown. It was early fourth quarter, 17-13. It was not even fourth and one, though. I will say it was like fourth and like three inches. Yeah, it was like, probably about a half. Yeah, maybe a foot. They maybe no, somewhere in there. They had no right. reason not to get that. Right. I mean, they had no excuses there. Uh, but I knew as soon as that play happened and they were stuffed, I was like, oh, Chris is steam. Well, they've been burned a few times already this year. By fourth down, like, you know, missed attempts yeah. where they didn't get it. And I want to go, but that probably cost you the game, or that certainly made the game tougher for you. Here you are. It's the Giants. You got a chance to go up by seven points. All right. You've been moving the ball really well all day. I know the Giants have been moving the ball too, but, you know, again, play the long play. Just go, hey, we're talented. In fact, maybe we're more talented than the Giants. And, of course, they go for it. And when they line up in the formation, I get I know it's the quarterback sneak, and everybody thinks, oh, you should make the quarterback. The quarterback sneak's not guaranteed, first off. And then the Giants, well, as we saw, and as you know, too, and we've talked about this a lot, the Giants have big people. They got some defensive tackles, and they got in a formation where I went, there's like 1,200 pounds between the guards here. I don't, it's, it's not that like simple to go, I'm going to say set hut, and my three guys are going to move those four guys, and we're going to do what we want to do. And they got no push. He lost yards, right? Yeah. I mean, he couldn't even – he got the snap, and a guy got pushed back into him, and he lost yards. So, But my point that I wanted to get to is it's the best division in football, but I would just go, I, it's really not. 
It's just, to me, the best managed division in football. It's, you got three teams. The Eagles, okay, say what you want about them. We know they're talented. Maybe we don't throw them into this. But the Cowboys, for the most part, the Giants, you know, they're in that school of like, all right, we're going to play defense. We're going to protect the football. You know, our defense will make one play and you'll make a mistake, and we're going to kind of capitalize off of that. And look what they're doing. They're playing every game like that, both of those teams, and they win. And then we have other teams who – you know, have a similar style of play, but go for it on every fourth down and everything's aggressive, aggressive, and they're sitting there and going, well, why are we two and five? Why are we two and four? And I want to go because you don't do some of these things that the Giants do on a weekly basis or, yeah. or the Cowboys. They're kind of playing it close to the vest that way. And maybe that will show the league something here because uh, it seems like the aggressive teams that are on the fence as far as how good they are, it seems to bite them in the ass more than, than help them out. It does this year. And I, I always cite on the more aggressive. I'm, I'm different than you in that. I usually think more times than not, being a little more aggressive in some of those situations probably does help your win probability. But I do think you make a good point in a, in a season when scoring is down and offense is down. That probably flips the percentages a little bit. I, I would and think, I think so. maybe taking the points more times than not right. actually helps. And you, you make a good point. Those three teams manage the game well. Oftentimes, do take those points. And the Giants had just enough, although it almost wasn't that way, because the Jaguars drove on the final drive and almost threw it in. Uh, there were some questionable calls on the Giants, though, on that last drive. I think we should put in there. There was yeah. a roughing the passer on Trevor Lawrence, maybe one that you would call nothing the passer. What? I mean, illegal, what? Was that the one with the grabbing the jersey? I think that, or was that was earlier one? No, that in the was game. Early. You're talking about the one uh, Lawrence kind of fell on him, right? Yeah. It was a little more. Leonard Williams. I keep saying it was Lawrence, right? Leonard Williams. Which, like, I didn't. Yeah, that's horrible. But I understand they're going to call that this day mm-hmm. and age. At least it's not like. I, you know, I kissed you on the cheek and we threw a penalty, or I grabbed your collar of your... Yeah. I mean, the first one with Trevor Lawrence was embarrassing. It was bad. It was embarrassing. It was like one finger on a jersey that pulled him down. Exactly and, right, yeah, and we called roughing the passer. Uh, it did look like Kayvon Thibodeau got held a couple times yeah. late in the game. It was right. like, almost obvious, like yeah. an arm bar over his neck. It's, it's, and I'm like, he's getting held. They didn't call those. Uh-huh. They're uh, not calling that much this year throughout the league. It's, I've complained about it on PFT, just going, it's one of the things, again, where I go... How many things are we going to sway in the favor of the offense? They're allowed to pick yeah. receiver wow. DBs downfield. Yeah. They're allowed to RPO block five yards downfield. Now we're allowed to hold in the passing game. You know, it's like it's and then of course with the penalties and pass interference and yeah. roughing the passer, it frustrates me. Well, they need more. They need more because offenses are still bad, <laughs> even with that help. But it didn't matter because Fabian Moreau made the tackle at the one yard line. His first year with the Giants, he is now a Giants legend. Uh, that was pretty cool to see. It was. What an, what an amazing finish. And to stop him, they're playing at the goal line there. Like you, can, you can come right up to here, right up to this line, no further. Yeah. And Fabian Moreau made sure that stood. The right defensive alignment. You know, again, just the Giants doing things always the right way in situational football. That's where, you know, they, they put pressure on you because they just don't mess up. So you go, like, you better play awesome and really kind of kick our ass and put this game out because we're just going to, as we talk about, hang around hanging around yeah it's like i feel like it's like uh matt damon and rounders where he just hangs <laughs> around and he's got the the guy's got the russian accent talking about it but yeah uh I, th- that's where you know they line up in like a picket fence defense and go okay well there's not a lot of room behind us we're going to try to keep everything behind in front of us to a degree and come up and make the tackle and moreau who's a good tackling corner and actually, he's had a better career than people realize. He was, you know, played for Washington, played for Atlanta, I believe, for a year. Yep, before last year. Com- right, before coming to the Giants. And, uh, 
you know, he, he's doing a good job for them. He's, Overall, yeah. yeah, the Giants are just – here's the thing that I think people don't realize with the Giants. Or there's two things here. Well, maybe you too because you did pick against them, but go on. I know, I know. Well, I, I don't think people realize the Giants are the number one running offense in football. That's like I, I think when you tell people that, like I even said that to some people yesterday just as we were watching the game, and they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, the Giants are the number one rushing offense in football. Again, they're the five-legged beast. That's what I keep calling them. <laughs> Saquon, Daniel Jones, Gr- Graham Gano's one leg. It's the five-legged <laughs> beast. You can't beat them. It's Halloween time. Yeah. And that's what they are. The it's five-legged beast the, of the East. The five-legged beast of the East. The G-Man. Like right. So they run the ball. They chew the clock up. And, you know, again, with the, whether it was the going forward on fourth one and missing, messing up, or here was, to me, the play of the game. It's 11 to 10 Jags. Okay. This game, even though it was 23 to 17, it was back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, what, what did we, Pete? We were late in the fourth quarter, right? We only had like one punt in the game. I don't even know if that held true, but I think it was only like one or two punts the whole game. So that kind of just shows you what it was. Both teams had, you know, yeah. Jacksonville had 452 yards of offense. So, so three punts total the whole game. And, um, but, but, so they're 11-10, and ATN busts it up the middle, yeah. and you're going, oh, he might score or get down close here, and fumbles. And the Giants recover, and now instead of being down 18, or who knows with Jacksonville, you know, it could have been 17-10, it could have been 18-10, it could have been 19-10, who, who knows what they would have done. They might have gone for two. But either way... That fumble, Giants recover, and then they go down on a long, ugly field goal drive to go up 13-11. I thought that was a big moment of the game where I yeah. thought, oh, Jacksonville's kind of got the Giants reeling. They're in a little trouble. I don't know if we can stop them here. And, um, you know, between that play and Trevor Lawrence, again, good game, but – Am I crazy to think that like he misses four or five kind of game-changing throws almost every week? I, I, yesterday there was a, another two or three plays where you go, man, he's too good to miss this right here. They shouldn't settle for a field goal, and they settled for a field goal because he missed two what I would say like most quarterbacks in football are going to throw a touchdown pass there. It's just a little inconsistent sometimes with the aggressive throwing down the football field. Uh, those are two things that jumped out to me. I'm sorry. I Not too different than what you saw in college from him and it, it, the first it, it, year and for many games this year. He's had a couple of really good games, he has, you pointed out. Right, but right. there's that inconsistency. There's been well. those moments of like, you know, and again, I'm going to pull up their schedule where I just go, oh, like, I mean, even last week, I know we had a few plays like that. Last week it was really a lot of short completions, and he played it pretty close to the best. The Texans game, the Eagles game before that, there was chances and plays there to be had that he missed, mm-hmm. along with yesterday. You know, and again, it's still really good, and I'm not trying to overjudge the guy. He's young. He's still really talented and does a lot of good things there. Yep. But, yeah, there's just a a, 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 a a polish in his throwing that's still not quite there uh, that I think would help them, you know, get over the top in some of these close football games. Yeah, they're off to London now to play the Broncos next week. The Whoa. Jag- the Jaguars. Yeah, so, okay. A uh, couple of good defenses, although the Jaguars did make some mistakes on the defensive side. But, yeah, just a, real quick on the running game. Yeah, go ahead. Pay it some love. 
Daniel Jones, career high, 107 rushing yards. He is the best awkward-looking running quarterback maybe in Ever. NFL history. Like Ever, he, right? He falls down. He makes great plays. He's fast. He's like he's faster than he looks on TV. Yeah. But then he'll fall down and be like, well, that guy can't <laughs> Yeah, right. I know. He did. He had one yesterday <laughs> where he tripped, didn't he? He did. He did. It, was it wasn't like, like the 80-yard run against the Eagles no. where he tripped in the middle and was like no. going to walk in for a touchdown. But it's like, well, that guy shouldn't run. No, he actually should. He just looks very weird. He had the one play where he, it was like he broke it up the sideline, yes. right? Like, and and then got he kind of went, he got tripped up, and we were all like, I remember because we were like, oh my gosh, if he doesn't trip right yeah. there, he might have got another 20 or 30 yards. Falls on his face. It's like, oh, it's Danny being Danny again. His straight ahead speed, like you said, yeah. it's, it's underrated. It's yeah. real. Way underrated. It is. He and, can really kind of take, once he opens up, and, and, and there's the other thing too. Daniel Jones, if you saw Daniel Jones in person, you'd go, oh my gosh. So he's a really big dude. I mean, he's a really big dude. He's bigger than me. And I'm a pretty big guy. I'm, you know, six five, two oh, over two hundred and thirty pounds. He's definitely bigger than me. Yeah. So you know, that's a, that's what people don't realize. And then he stands in there, and again, you know, you say what you want. I know the passing game's not overly explosive, but damn, does he make a lot of good throws right now? And again, I know it's it's almost like he's running. It's not sexy. You kind of go, it doesn't look that cool. It's kind of robotic, but man, he hits the bullseye a lot. He really does, and I'm glad. I mean, they're going down the road where Danny Dimes is going to be our quarterback in New York for the next few years, so mm-hmm. let's get behind him and get used to it. And Saquon Barkley, they stuck with him. He had 14 rushes in the first three quarters for only 38 yards, less than three yards per carry. But then in the fourth quarter, he went yeah. off 10 rushes, 72 yards. And I, when, when I was watching this game, like, no one will ever be – Barry Sanders for me. I mean, like he's my idol. Yeah, like he's a guy might be even better than be, him, and I won't say it. Because, I don't know like, if that's I grew, possible. I grew up with right. Barry Sanders. He I'm, will always be the, the best running back I have ever seen. In my I, life. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. Saquon he's, Barkley yeah. does some things that remind me of Barry yeah, Sanders. Right. Right. Saquon has those the ability to like he gets the ball and he hops like four times. And you're like, wait, he didn't even run, and he just hopped like six yards and made four people miss. And he didn't even run. And then yeah. he starts to run. And then yeah. you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, there is some element there. I'm with you there. And I'm also with you in, in my lifetime. Nobody's. No. I mean, I, I think Barry Sanders is the best running back I've ever seen in my life. I honestly think probably put Adrian Peterson in his prime as number two. Yeah. And then, you know, we could start going from there. But the, to me, those are the, are the two guys that, yeah, they're special. And Saquon has some of those special traits that you're talking about. Last thing, Eric Rayall says to you, the Giants will play in the postseason. At this juncture, there are no excuses. The possibility of being 9-1 and one before the Thanksgiving game. Chris, no more disrespect. Don't ever pick against your blood again. <laughs> That's right. Seriously, what a fucking <laughs> dick I am. What a jerk. Yeah. Get me, Eric. I deserve it. You're right. right I really can... do. I picked against them against the Ravens. I thought they'd lose a field goal game. Yeah. I picked against them again last week to no lose more. a field goal game. No more. Can you... Can you imagine? Can you imagine? They got the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Lions with a bye week after this Seahawks game. Yeah. They, like, CBS, that is, that's a CBS game this year. No, that's going to be a Fox game. Which one? The, the 430 Thanksgiving game. Okay. They're going to break the Thanksgiving Day record. They're gonna the the ratings machines gonna blow up. Cowboys and Giants. If the Giants roll in there at nine and one, and the Cowboys are, you know, eight and two or seven and three or something like that, that is gonna be as big a Thanksgiving game as we've had in like 
a long, long time. And you will finally pick the Giants, and they will lose 30-6. to <laughs> Seriously, that's how it'll go. <laughs> this will be the week I take them against the Seahawks, and, of course, this will be the week that you know things fall apart. Yeah, speaking of the Cowboys, a preview of that Thanksgiving matchup. They got a win, too, against the Detroit Lions. It was not all that easy in the first half. The Lions actually had the lead, and I was doing some soccer over the weekend, and so I couldn't watch the early part of the games. When I first started watching the Lions and Cowboys, my Lions were up. I was like, oh, this is cool. From that point forward, it was terrible. Yeah. It was awful. Uh, great if you're a Cowboys fan, though. As Dak, uh, Dak Prescott came back, throwing the ball down the field, he averaged, what, over 10 yards per attempt by the end of this one. It wasn't high-flying stuff, and it was to the point where – like you mentioned before, if this was a Cooper Rush game, you'd be like, man, they played great, efficiently, awesome. Where if it's Dak Prescott, sometimes you're like, what's going on? What's yeah, wrong with the exactly offense here? Right. Exactly. Why aren't they clicking on exactly. all cylinders like right. they should be with Dak Prescott? Right. Um, but I don't know. The Lions are just so bad, but we should still give credit to the Cowboys, I guess. Chris. Yeah, well, I, I think we should. I mean, the Cowboys, again, I don't think they broke from their mold, right? I mean, it, it wasn't their best football game. The yeah. Lions did some good things. I mean, as we know. I mean, what was the game? 6-3 when Jamal Williams fumbled going in the end zone? 6-3 in the third quarter. No, I think they were they were down. They were down 10-6. Yeah. Was it 10-6? It might have been 10-6. You might be right. Yeah, it was 10-6 at that point, but it um, doesn't matter. Yeah, Lions couldn't get a whole lot going. Yeah, it just, um, you know, it's a really good defense. We know that. Goff, interceptions, you know, just not enough there. I would have liked to have seen what it would have looked like if you had DeAndre Swift. Because Swift yeah. is, to me, like at another level better than anybody else you guys got at the running back position. Amon Ross St. Brown went out early. Exactly. He got hurt early, too. Right. Yeah. So that hurt them, no doubt. But the Cowboys, I think, kind of just what we talked about. That, that was the good thing for me is they didn't really change the way they've been playing throughout this winning streak. And they didn't go, oh, Dak is back to like what you said, and let's throw it 45 times. Mm-hmm. Oh, they played through their defense. Again, showed the ability to run the ball again a little bit, play balanced. And kind of just, they wait you out a little bit. And they just go, we're better. We got a few more playmakers. We'll make our plays. You'll make some mistakes. We'll out hate you. And I feel like that's kind of the way the game went. I, you know, I, don't have, I feel like I don't have great feel for this game for yeah. some reason. And I know because it was so choppy, I think, for so long to where it was like, I don't know what's going on. It's 6-3. I mean, I know, hey, Dallas fumbled on the three-yard line, right? Noah Brown had a ball. And so you're going, oh, they're about to kind of – Get going here. They fumbled. You guys fumbled. The interceptions by Goff to start the third quarter. You know, there was just a few things there that I think, um, yeah, it's hard. I guess what I'm saying is just it was hard for me to have a total. It, feel it was for an the ugly game, game yeah. against uh, inferior competition for the Cowboys, and they're going to win those games. Like you mentioned, they're going to manage the game, and they're going to win those games. And you have to do that in the NFL rack up some wins against teams you're supposed to rack up wins against. Uh, the Lions have no touchdowns for the second week in a row. The Patriots shut them out the last time they were playing. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, you mentioned it, another interception, 17 career interceptions, now second most all-time through the first 35 games. Mm. He'll get beat. He'll also make the big play, although that he, uh, they didn't look at that one afterwards. He, it might have hit the ground. Some people talked about it. I think I Romo know. on I the didn't broadcast think so, talked though. about it. I didn't think I, it. I, I agree with you. I think okay. he did catch it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, the, the Lions fumbled on the one, which was terrible. Oh. A, a play after it looked like. Brock Wright may have gotten in. Okay, that's 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 the point where I was yelling at the TV yesterday. Yeah, this is this is the other thing that's bothering me. It's just went on a few times yesterday, and Pete, maybe you can remember some of them where I went. Why are we? What what are we rushing for? That didn't make sense. You're at the one yard line. Let's see if you scored. It's, there's no guarantee you're going to score the next play, or the next play after that, or yeah. the next play after that. And we saw it. I know in the Bengals game they did it 
once or twice, and I think things worked out for them. But this, like, we get to the one-yard line and, like, we're going to hurry up to the line of scrimmage because we think you're going to be flustered by this pace of our play here. Yeah. And then we're going to try to run the ball real quick. And it's just like, wait, there was a play before here that was – it was very close. You're I thought right. he got in. I think he didn't I, really get a great replay no. look at it, but yeah. it seemed like there should have been a challenge there. Pylon Cam says Pete says looked like he was short. Yeah, but um, I don't know. You got that offensive line for the Lions, so they still should have been able to score it there. But that's just Detroit for you. The stuff like that happens, and then later on, a cowboy suplex body slammed the lion. No call there. I saw that's that. That's just the Lions. That, weird yeah, things that happen. Some self inflicted, some by the refs, and it all adds up in a twenty four six loss for Detroit. Another I'm win sorry, Amen. for the Cowboys. It's going to be a bad year, but we're going to get a quarterback in the draft. I think this is the year where we get a quarterback in the draft. We'll get to that. I think you're right. Another day. Yeah. Now time for damn okay. Damn. I'm okay. Damn. I'm okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I'm okay. The legal gambolizing. Oh, baby. I am Chris Sims. I'm okay. Damn. Okay. And we'll start off by giving a damn okay to a couple players that played on Sunday Night Football. dun 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 Javon Holland for the Miami Dolphins and Noah Igbenogany. Whoa. Look at you. Who, I mean, damn, just outshining Tariko. Yeah, damn okay who, me. Yeah, damn okay, Ahmed Farid. Tariko flubbed it a little early oh, in the game. Did you see that? First time in his career he's it, ever flubbed Seriously, something. I really was. I wanted to text him and be like, are you all right? What the fuck's going on with you? You didn't yeah. say something perfectly. Yeah. Because he is the master of that. And, uh, yeah, that was funny. And that's a name that, I mean, uh, none of us really want to try to, you know. Once you say. practice it enough, though, it's not terrible. You know, it's uh, Igbenogany. 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 <laughs> yeah, okay. now you got it. All right. You're better than, you're better than <laughs> Tariko. You're better than Tariko <laughs> yes, now. That's right. Uh, we got that on you, Mike. A uh, couple interceptions for the Dolphins, who what? Only had one pick coming into the season. That's a surprise kind of crazy, for right? that secondary. Right. Uh, Kenny Pickett made it easy on them a couple times, although I did like what Kenny Pickett did a lot. Of, he's a playmaker, but also made some plays for the Dolphins in this one. It was a... Uh, it was a close game, which was good for us. We always want a close game yeah. on Sunday Night Football. A little bit of a messy game, especially in the second half. Dolphins right. didn't score at all. Right. Steelers dropped, what, four interceptions in this game? So it's like, at times, great to see Tua back, by the way. Loved that. We we're all rooting for him to stay healthy on the field. But it was at times where it's like, which quarterback is going to make it easier for the other team? Didn't it kind of seem like that? It did. It definitely did. Um you know, damn okay. Javon Holland, you know I love him. I think yes. he's already one of the best safeties in football. It, uh, you know, Igbenogane, he's had some issues. He was a first-round pick out yeah. of Auburn, you know. But, yeah, big play and big moment right there last night. I don't know if I necessarily look at those plays and go, oh, wow, what phenomenal defensive plays. I want to go, oh, wow, what the fuck? Why, like, those were bad mistakes by Kenny Pickett. I think being there. I think yeah. He was standing in the right spot at the right moment. Uh, but you're right. It was like Kenny Pickett. I don't know what he was, what he was seeing. I, he was I don't know to do either. On that last play. Yeah, the last play, I think he got a little panicked where he was like, wait, I'm going to run. And then I think he did, like Collinsworth explained, he goes, I think he realized, oh, wait, I have no timeouts here. And... If I run and don't get out of bounds, we're gonna get we're gonna have like twelve seconds left by the time we snap the next ball here. So I think he tried to like, oh wait, let me throw it instead of run, and he made a rush hasty decision. But you know that's a little, you know, I mean, what, how many interceptions did he throw in the Jets game? 
was there two, three in that game? Right? I mean, we're he's not, you know, for we got we all jumped on Mitch Trubisky here and how dare he not throw bombs more? And now we got a guy that's, you know, not protecting the football. And yeah, those were big moments of the game. The interception before that to Javon Holland, it wasn't much better. I mean, it was a 10-yard curl route. He just didn't see Javon Holland. I don't know really what happened there. You know, so um I, it was amazing that Pittsburgh hung around the way they did in typical Pittsburgh fashion. Of course, Mike McDaniel with a dumb decision go up nineteen to ten. Why would you? It's fourth and three on the nineteen yard line. Yeah, that was you're playing Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. I agree. With that, that was one of the dumber decisions of the night there. Um, but you know, you you know Pickett, like you said, he's got good feel. I'm actually more impressed with that, his athletic ability more than anything. I will say it's the second week in a row I've kind of gone, and I'm going to sound like a hater here. Where I just go, I don't see anything special with Kenny Pickett. I just I know we can play the position, and he can read defenses, and he. But I just like I thought his arm looked weak last week against Tampa Bay before he got hurt. I thought it looked extremely weak last night too. You know, so that's my only concerns there, just overall with that that conversation. You know, but I do give the Steelers a lot of credit for hanging around in there. And then the Dolphins, you know, hey, Tua was a little rusty, like you said. He had some bad decisions and throws that should have been intercepted. Did a great job early on in the football game. They were wheeling and dealing. Had Gesicki drop a touchdown pass. They should have been up by on one of the drives. They had to kick a field goal. Um, you know, but but I will say I have my concerns with him still too. I'm not gonna like just because they win and two and on. I'm not gonna back off of what I'm seeing in my eyes and what I study. And the fact that, again, once you saw some of the easy completions and tricks taken away, there's, there was nothing else. Okay, so when are we going to make a throw in the pocket to move the ball down the field? You know, it can't always be Mike McDaniel, this guy's that way, this guy's that way, this yeah. guy's that way, and I threw a screen, and, and then I threw a guy wide open over the middle. And even on this is, where I, this is another place where stats don't tell the whole picture. Some of those throws he had to the guys over the middle, watch him back. I mean, if he throws them better, the guys should run for – significantly more yards or they should get more out of it let alone i thought there were some other plays there to be had too but either way it was a good start for them good win it was ugly and they were lucky to get you know escape with that one they're four and three now are the Miami dolphins and i think you make a good point it's like when when the mike mcdaniel stuff gets taken away i don't i'm not trying to be a hater and and the the bad thing is for tua yeah he did make a couple of those throws against the bengals before he got hurt exactly right he did he made some yes there's a hundred percent throws in that game but there were a couple throws where you're like oh that's a throw down the middle of the field right that was good no doubt um so we'll see if he can get back there it was good he was playing with no fear and it was it was weird i was like i think a lot of fans watching that are just like cringing every time he's escaping the pocket. I, I definitely was. Right. And it, it popped into my head, and you'd know better as a player maybe. I was like, I almost wonder if, you know, obviously he went through it and he had to recover from it, but I don't know if he's gone back and watched the replay of it, but it's like we all saw it. We've yeah. all seen replays of it. I almost feel like maybe we're more scared for him than he is it's for himself. It's usually the way it is. It's usually the way it is. You know, when you're in it, you don't, you just keep going, I'm a player. I keep playing. I don't know what else. I love it. This is what I do. You know, I almost died on the field and I was literally eight weeks later going, I think I can come back and play the last two games. I went to the doctor to go, you think I can come and play the last two games, even though we're four and 10? Like, do you think I can come? And he like looked at me and he's like, he literally started drawing on, you know, the sheet of paper you sit on, on the doctor's little thing, whatever. Yeah. He started drawing on there like questions and things and like, you know, almost died, lost pint of blood. You guys are four and 10, you know, 
not sure you're totally 100% yet. And he was like, so why? Well, why do you want to come back? And I was like, I don't know, because I want to come back. I want to play. I think I can play. I don't know. So that's just that's the way they're wired. I do. He can't lower his head, though, like he did on those two runs. Right. That's, gosh. And, and it sounds like they said something to him on the sideline. Because after the game with Melissa Stark, he said, like, they, they were on him a little bit. So, yeah. yeah, hopefully he can learn. But, uh, you know, again, those are also the type of things that the team will like that he did that. Players are going to look at look at our guys, football player, like doing that right there. He doesn't care about his head or whatever. Yeah. You know that, that that'll that'll give him some respect in the locker room for sure. I think he does have respect to that. You know, yeah. it's like I think it's it's growing. Yeah, kind of. And I don't think it was the all the injury, but it's like how you respond from that. Exactly. And I think right. it's this has definitely been you know long run, and now he's a week farther away from that concussion. Yep. Hopefully that's better too. Yeah, so long run. That's right. Actually might, you know, make Tua stronger. It could. And, and, it and could. a better leader for that team. So right. good to see him back out there. Hope he stays out there. Hope he stays healthy. We also want to give a damn okay to another quarterback out there, Joe Burrow. Oh, the curse has been lifted. The curse of the Chris Sims high five in the offseason. <laughs> now gone. I did high five Josh Allen, too. So there's a, there's a challenge flag out there on my curse, all right? The big play Bengals are back. They beat the Falcons 35-17. Uh, Joe Burrow hitting multiple receivers in this one. Now, actually, T. Higgins said that Tyler Boyd was booty butt naked on Burrow's first TD <laughs> in this game. But uh, I think booty we have butt naked. I love it. all of Joe Burrow's numbers from Week 7 versus uh, the Falcons. Here he goes over 400 yards, almost to 500, 481, which is kind of a disappointment because, what, he had 355 or something like that at halftime? Yeah, it was, three, was, yeah, like, it was something in that range. 600, 600. Um, but he, the, the big plays were back, and it was a lot of probably bad Falcons secondary. Or, you know, not, not not bad, but it's like they got weapons. They got good receivers. They and do. Jamar Chase is doing things that maybe no, else, no other receiver can do out there. What would you make of, of Burrow's huge, huge game? Uh, just, you know, watch out. Here they go, right? They did seem like they protected a little bit better, for sure. Chase is special. You know, the Falcons lost A.J. Terrell early on in the football game. Hey, A.J. Terrell is, like, definitely one of the best corners in football. So that hurt them. My biggest thing is this, Ahmed, where I just, you know, I I bet you you know what I'm going to say a little bit. And just going, why? Like, why? Like, like, if I played the Bengals, I would just go, I'm not going to play you man-to-man until I really have to. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to go, like, run it with Joe Mixon. I keep running it. I don't think you can do anything that way. Nor did that really seem like it was going yesterday. I don't know really what – I was surprised by Atlanta. It's like Atlanta wanted to take away everything. And I want to make – you can't take away everything. you got to pick your what, – what's your, what's your thing you're going to take away and go from there. And it's like, no, they were going to take away the go route, the shallow cross, and the run game on every play. And it's like, okay, well, you're not, though. Because they're having a field day here, you know. I, I just was shocked by some of the looks they got. And as you know, and the one thing I love about Burrow, and that's why he's awesome, and again, why he's definitely one of the four best quarterbacks in the game right now, is he's not looking to ever check it down. He is literally like, oh, it's one-on-one with Jamar Chase? Oh, what was the play? I don't care. I'm throwing to Jamar Chase. I mean, he literally says that, too. Like, when it's one-on-one, i got to go to him. And, and that's what he is. He's a freak show. So I guess I was just shocked by that, by Atlanta's approach and playing that way. They did a good job kind of battling back for a little while where I went, oh, my gosh, like we might have a game here. Like This is crazy. It's total domination. But, um, you know, th- then again, they made one more 
a few more plays in the pass game and really put their foot on their throat, and that was that. Was that. When Jamar Chase was not just outrunning everyone on the field, he was making the catch close to the sideline and the pylon. I think we have the next-gen dots of that 32-yard touchdown. It apparently had a 19.9% completion probability. It was the most improbable reception of Chase's career, yeah. according to next-gen stats. How I, about that? It, it is. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Some of these next-gen <laughs> stats, I want to go. I don't know. I see these plays happen every week now. So I don't I know. know how. Why is the probability so low? Maybe we need to raise it up a little bit. Yeah. Do but, you realize who is throwing and who is catching? Exactly it? Yeah. right. I don't want to go like what this guy. Like every time he's in this position, catches it. It's almost like a hundred percent catch rate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here, I mean, here, here's the example of what I'm talking about. Anyways, a little bit. Look at these. Look at this. If you're watching on YouTube. It's man-to-man bump and run on Jamar Chase, you know, and you see the safety. They try to cheat him over there, right? Yep. It's a single safety coverage, though, right? So you got the three receivers all have man-to-man. The safety just follows Joe Burrow's eyes and tries to get over there in time, but that's just not enough. It's, it's again, Jamar Chase is in the classification of you have to be really careful and you better double him when in doubt. And, uh, yeah, that's why, I, you know, again, I, I think he's, he's right there with the best receivers in the game, in my opinion. Marcus Mariota, uh, Mariota and the Falcons only passed 13 times despite trailing most of the game. They're a rushing team, managed the game. That will continue to give other teams a difficult time, I think, but they're probably a little bit below 500 team. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I think so. Exactly right. Like, they're, the game's got to fall the right way for them. And they don't have, like, a special running back, especially with Cordero Robinson out. You know, they, they, they're trying to play like the Giants. They're just a lesser version of the Giants, right? Mariota might be a little faster than Daniel Jones, but not much. But he's not nearly as good a thrower as Daniel Jones. So that hurts. You know, they want to run the ball and have a good all lives, but they don't got Saquon Barkley. You know, that's, yeah. that's the other thing, too. Saquon, like you said earlier, they had a few runs in that game yesterday where you go, well, eh, there really wasn't that big of a hole. He just, like, did some crazy shit and got a 20-yard run. You know, and so that's where, you know, they're a little they want to play the right style. I was shocked by the defense approach, like I said. But, yeah, I think they're kind of one of the like you said it right. They're going to hang around. They might end up six and eleven. I don't know. Maybe they go seven and ten or eight and nine. Maybe I'm wrong, Um, but I don't think it's like anything, anything better than that. Play through the run. That's what the Baltimore Ravens have been doing the past few years. They've made some big plays through the air, and they won. They managed the game against a team that you have criticized multiple times for not managing games. Ravens over the Browns, 23-20. to The damn okay. We're going to give that to Gus Edwards. 16 rushes. He went for 66 yards, two touchdowns, his first game back since tearing his ACL in the preseason last year. A weapon in the running game, something that they really do need to get going this year. They, they need him. They do. You know, especially now with J.K. Dobbins back hurt again a little bit and going to yeah. be out for the next few weeks. Edwards is a sledgehammer, you know, who has better speed than your normal everyday sledgehammer type. You know, you know, for the second week in a row, yeah, I'm a little underwhelmed. I wish, you know, I think we're seeing teams kind of maybe catch up to the Ravens' pass defense offense a little bit, right? And this is always a thing here with the Ravens. This is why their run game has to get going because it has to help their. They're not built to throw the ball 40 and 45 times a game. That's not who they are. So you know, that's where they got to get this going. But I think it's like, you know, an, the other thing I'll say here is special teams, defense, those were positives. Running the ball, again, were positives. It's not great. The Ravens are, you know, I, I, I'll put you up. I put it, my hand up. I, I misvalued them. I, I think I thought they were going to be better or had a little more talent than I, than I uh, 
you know, or I, yeah, am I saying that right? I thought they were going to have more talent than I thought, or give them credit for. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> to, to answer your they question, have lesser talent. To answer your question, no, you're not saying. Yeah, that I right. know, I'm not saying it right. I was like, wait, it's not coming out of my mouth right. Uh, they don't have as much talent. They, as they I overrate. Thought. I overrated over- their talent. Yes, That's where I wanted to get to. Exactly. <laughs> Woo! It's a Monday morning. If this pot is a little longer than most, that was the reason that was right the there. Reason that took right us there. way too long to figure that out. But do you know? Offense was struggle. Duvernay has the great. Uh, what was that? The punt return, right? That set him up for a short field. What a playmaker! Right, he makes some plays. You know, um, uh, the the strip sack fumble by Calais Campbell with the Browns backed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and then of course Justin Tucker and his ability to kick long field goals and do all that. Like, you know, again, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but I don't know. Like the Ravens aren't like that much more talented than the Browns. They're not. They're, I don't know that they're that much better. You I know don't know I mean? the, either. The Browns outgained them in this game 336 to 254. Browns made some plays late. Jeremiah they do. Uh, Usukoromoas knocking the ball out of Justice Hill's arms at the end there. That was big. Jacoby Brissett, the long completion to Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's like, oh, is the comeback going to happen here? I, I Well, that I mean, the shocking moment too there where you're just going, Wait, how do you let that happen if you're the Baltimore Ravens? And that moment. Like, here we go again. Here we go again. Just Brain farts there, lead. you know, and and honestly, you know, Brissett, the passing game, they kind of carried the Browns early on in the football game. It wasn't yeah. until later in the game until the run game started to pop a little bit for Cleveland and they started to take over in that department. It was funny on red zone. It was like this game was getting good at the end while Aaron Rodgers was trying to come back against Washington. Um, this game was later than that game in Washington. Right. And it was like the difference between watching Jacoby Brissett. Like they're taking some chances down the field. He's moving outside the pocket. He actually looked pretty good yeah. down the stretch in this right. game. Right. And it was like Aaron Rodgers, just those two, three-yard attempts. all the like, same throws. It was like, yeah. man, if you were to, to just ask a normal person, like which quarterback looks better to you, it was like Jacoby. Kobe Brissett looked like they may have had the game-winning touchdown. Amari Cooper pushed off. Yep. I think that was a good call. I do, too. You question the false start on the, the what was it, 55-yard field goal. I, I just don't get it. I, 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 didn't, I didn't see it. I honestly feel like this is where the coach and like some veteran players came into, into play for the Ravens. Harbaugh, Calais Campbell, a bunch of them. It's like as soon as the penalty was called, they started going like, no, it was them. It was them. And, you know, they called a false start on, who was it, 66, I believe? 68. And I just, you watch the replay, I, I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I didn't feel like, yeah. I don't feel like any of the other, the announcers really saw it either. So I think they dodged, they dodged a bullet there yeah. for sure. Michael Dunn. Michael Dunn. Did you move? Text us in to I, the pod, and we'll talk about it Wednesday. I, I want to look again just to go, maybe they just called the wrong number. Was there another guy that we're missing that yeah. moved? Um, but, yeah, that, that looked like the Ravens got a little lucky on that one. Malik Harrison, credit to him. He blocked the kick. Who knows? Maybe Cade York would have had enough leg on it either way, but uh, missed it, so Ravens hold on to win 23-20, the final score. What do you think about the Ravens? What's your thought? You know? Yeah, I think they're not much better, if at all, than the Browns, and yeah. I think they're about a, like you just said, with the Atlanta Falcons. They're better than them, but not by much. Not by they're much. 10, you think they're like team? a... Ten yeah. and seven. Yeah, you think you're ten and seven, that nine and like eight the ceiling, type of football team. Like if you had to sit here right now, you're going to take the Bengals to win the division. There. You know the funny thing is, you look at the NFL, you're like, who's good? <laughs> who's good? But I would take the Bengals over the Ravens. I would too. I it's think. just like the defense is concerning. It's like if you're going to give up big plays to every team out there, it's yeah. like you're going to give up big plays to the Bengals. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. They could turn things around. Still, uh, the Jets have turned things around from what they have been the last what two decades, right? And they are winning games at a crazy pace. They've won again. They beat the Broncos, a very good defense. 16-9 to was the final score. We're going to give the damn okay 
to Brees Hall. Oh, I know. It sucks so bad. So it, I don't I don't know if we have the official word yet. Maybe it's out there by now. It but doesn't it look good. Seemed like a, a ligament tear. Uh, that's what Robert Sala was indicating after this one. But he was awesome in the run that he broke. We have the next-gen dots for Brees Hall's 62-yard touchdown. Hit a top speed on this one, a 21.87 miles per hour. It was the fastest reached by a ball carrier this season. Kenneth Walker actually broke it a little bit uh, later yeah. in the day. Right. But, uh, man, oh, man, he, he was a, a weapon on offense. He looks like he's done for the year now, but which is a total bummer because um, that's an offense and a defense. This is a fun, fun team, and, and it sucks that Brees Hall is not going to be a part yeah, of it. Yeah, he's a playmaker. You know, the, the Jets are one of those teams where – like, again, almost like the Falcons or the Giants that we talk about, they're just going to hang around and they just go, one of our guys will make a play. You know, and they, have more, they honestly have more playmakers than the Giants or the Falcons do, mm. where they can go, oh, wait, somebody's going to do something here. And you know, he certainly was, I think, the guy you classify as like enemy number one of the state to make a play for the Jets in a big moment. We saw that last week against Green Bay. Yeah, it stinks. You know, again, there's not a lot of guys in football where you can just give a toss sweep to and go – well, he's gone for seventy. See ya. Yeah, like that's that's not easy, you know, to replace. Michael Carter, I really like him. There you go. You see it. I mean, the speed to kind of crease it. It was the special thing there. Yeah, um, he's a freak of nature. He really is. He's awesome in the pass game. He's a home run hitter in the run game. And you know, I wish he maybe ran with a little bit more aggression. That would still be my only negative about him. But yeah, that's going to hurt them. It is. Michael um, Carter had a good year last year. He is. He's, he's a good he's player. A, he's a good player. He is. He's gonna, their, their offense will be you know, still fine without Brees Hall, but it's just this you're going to miss. Like Michael Carter, I don't think, can go down the, the sideline for a 70-yard touchdown, quite the same style Brees Hall can. Probably not. Um, Zach Wilson won. His team won. But we have a question here Yeah, from Jack I hope this, I, I'm glad because I'm about to go in this direction Uh-oh. no matter what. So Zach ahead. Wilson has been shaky. Considering the ascension of other players around him, at what point do you start to worry about the quarterback position holding this team back, especially now that Brees Hall is injured? I, the, the, the Jets fans have a disease. They, have a, they don't even want to be good. I don't even, like I'm listening to WFAN on the way in. You, you would think the Jets lost and Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson threw seven interceptions. I, I, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable up here. I go to the gym, as you know. There's mainly Jet fans there. They can't even be positive that they're 4-2 last week. They're like, I don't know, Zach, Zach didn't throw for 300. Uh, well, we didn't get Elijah Moore the ball. That's all they could talk about. Who the fuck cares? You guys haven't won games in two decades, and now you're going to like worry about every little stupid thing in the world. Zach Wilson did fine yesterday. He did fine. There wasn't, it wasn't like they were missing wide-open people. Denver's been doing this to everybody that comes to Denver. Jets fans, come on. Get a fucking clue. What's going on here? Like, what the fuck are you thinking or doing? You won a game. You're 5-2. and two. They're like looking for anything to pick apart their team. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. I, it's, I, I literally wanted to start off the pod because I was driving here today on the fan going, do I have to look at the game again? Did they lose? Wait, did Zach Wilson not escape out of like seven sacks yesterday and throw the ball away? Like, and keep them in manageable situations? I mean, he made some magical escapes yesterday where I went, whoa, like that was unbelievable. He had no pass protection. I mean, the, the, to me, I'm looking at it going, a young quarterback like Zach Wilson usually would have thrown three interceptions in a game like that. Same with last week in Green Bay. He outplayed Aaron Rodgers last week in Green Bay, but they were, we're still going to talk about Zach Wilson. It's not good enough. 
I mean, he made the biggest play, the biggest throw in the game last week. An on-the-run, out-and-up, 45-yard dime down the sideline to Corey Davis. But we're going to talk about Elijah Moore and that shit. Like, it's just it, the Jets fans are frustrating me right now. They're, you're 5-2. and two. You're playing the way you're supposed to. I didn't watch that game yesterday, and I got to see it pretty good. There wasn't many games on at 4 o'clock where I went. I didn't come away going, man, Zach's missing people. They're wide open everywhere. Like, man, they should have thrown for 300 today. Come on. That is an awesome defense. In fact, if that offense was better in Denver, it would probably be the number one defense in football. I mean, really. So they had more time on the sideline exactly, to rest. And yeah, right. So yeah, I just I don't understand it. So sorry, you got my rant there. I loved it. Yeah, Jets fans are worried that he's Tim Tebow though. The Jets are the first team since 2011, the Tim Tebow led Broncos, right. to win consecutive games with 105 or less net passing yards. Yeah. And so they just they fear that they've got the next Tim Tebow. <laughs> I think he could throw better with his left arm than Tim Tebow can. So, <laughs> uh, but it's funny you mentioned that though because living out on the West Coast for six years, right. like I did, right. uh, you see the difference in how the fan consumes the game. Where I do feel like on the East Coast, when the teams are bad, there's almost more passion. And there's more fervor. And so maybe Jets fans don't know how to act or consume the sport when the team is good because I, it's like they get fired up when things are bad. I, I literally have said to some grown men who are in their 50s last <laughs> week, like, would you just fucking be happy and enjoy that you're four and two? We're on the West Coast. Not that it's any better because right. when the teams are bad, people just don't care. Yeah, you yeah, know, right. it's just they like they don't watch. Out, they tune right. out and they right. move on to other right. things, which is probably healthier like, in I can life. I go to the beach and I'll do this. But and it's that, not great right. for us when yeah. people just don't care. But that's not the case on the East Coast. So maybe it's just used to mm-hmm. uh to, to feeling that uh that anger that they gotta they gotta recultivate it even in winning environments now speaking of the west coast good transition pete in my ear the seattle seahawks and kenneth walker and geno smith they got the win over the chargers our damn okay does go to kenneth walker 23 rushes 168 yards two touchdowns and he had another next-gen dots-worthy play, the 74-yard touchdown. As we mentioned just moments ago, he reached a top speed of 22.09 miles per hour, the fastest speed reached by a ball carrier this season. Question for you. When we go into next year, Chris, Kenneth Walker will be the blank-ranked running back in our top five. Mm. One or two. Wow. Wow. One or two. I I, I just – I see – Kenneth Walker, I don't see anything that's like a negative about his game. I think he's every bit as like I mean again, tell me tell me who's clearly better than him. I know it's only been three, four games or whatever, but I think we've seen enough here. You know, Saints game, Arizona last week. Arizona last week he had ninety something yards, and I'm not I'm not joking. He shouldn't have had that. He if it's not if he's not like crazy gifted he had nowhere to run anyway, any at any point in that game. You know, and then yesterday, you know, I, I, I just, w- what? I mean, first off, he's built like a shit brick house, a brick shit house. Okay, sorry. A shit Wait. brick house would be really not that stable. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> think either. I feel like neither one is really computing in my head right I don't, now. <laughs> well, there is the brick shit house, is right? It? Yeah, there's a real thing, like brick shit house, right? You know, it's Pete, is that sturdy. A real thing? And, yes, it is. Yeah, he's Googling it. What is this? Where you go to the bathroom? Well, yeah, it used to be like it's a sturdy thing. Brick shithouse, right. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Pete Googled it, and, the, and IT got is coming down yeah, to take right. away his computer. HR got him. But he's got incredible power. He's got quickness that I would go, maybe Saquon's the only guy that can break ankles more than this guy right here. And then that speed? I mean, again, that, he's special. I, like I said, he, to me, is in the classification of Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, you know, um, Jonathan Taylor, who is not having a great year and still, you know, coming back from his little injury there. Yeah. So uh, I, I think this is a special football player. That was a big win. Big win. Pete Carroll can't say enough about him. Gino can't say enough about him. They're fun to watch. They're like that, you know, I uh, like NBA league pass team, right, where you just go – like, yeah, I'm going to watch this game. They're, I don't really care about this team, but they're fun to watch. Like, yeah. they're going to score 130 and shoot a lot of threes and dunk on people. Uh-huh. That's the Seahawks to me. And then Pete's running around the sideline. I mean, just the energy they had on the field compared to the Chargers, I thought that was tangible. And they have more creativity on the offensive side of the ball, explosiveness, all of that. So, yeah, that was a big win for the Seahawks. I was really impressed. I really was. Seahawks, I think, are here to stay. I do. I think the Seahawks are here to stay. I think so too. Yeah, it's not. I don't like go. Oh, this is. They're they're not to say. I don't think they're going to win the NFC West, but I think they're going to be in this playoff conversation for real throughout their defense. Even though it's not great, it plays hard, and at least compared to the last two years, we're not seeing like I don't just for lack of a better way, dumb stuff happen where you just go, wait, nobody's covering this guy or this guy. Whoa, like we have nobody in this gap in the run play, and he just ran for sixty yards down the sideline. So they might not be dominant, but they're not messing up or doing dumb crap. And then you couple that with, I don't know, is it arguably the most explosive offense in football right now? I think it is. You know, I think you throw that into that. I just, and then you throw in Pete's magic of like I'm 71 and yet I can still run four nine. It's <laughs> I, they got some good things going there. Well, it's like Pete, having Pete too in a defensive minded coach probably helps because you figure they'll figure some stuff out. They'll figure how they're playing and where they're best and how to manipulate some of those parts and become better as the season goes on. But, yeah, you called it with Geno, and he's been very good, and he's been one of the best quarterbacks to watch out there and operating in this offense. I, I do think for the Chargers, it's like Brandon Staley is probably on the hot seat. I think so. Because there are a lot of expectations. But in his defense, you look at the players who are either out yeah, they or got a lot of been hurt. Up people. I mean, like, it's, it's boring, but it's true. It's Joey Bosa, Mike Williams late in this game. Keenan Allen has been out. Rashawn Slater out. Yep, I know. J.C. Jackson now it looks like he's out. No, he's Maybe for be the done. rest of the year. That yep. sucks. Uh, Jalen Guyton's been out. Joshua Palmer um, and Herbert playing with rib cartilage that's all jacked up. Like, uh, of course, right? I mean, they're not a hundred. They're not the team that we thought they would. No, be. you're right. They're not. It's not. The, it's not the final. They're the product we thought that was going to be out there on the field on a, on a consistent basis. But I'd also think he's as yeah. Staley's not helping himself either. You know, again, Eriga early in the game, they go down the field. They're in field goal position to start the game. Just go up three nothing and kick a field goal. They go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. All right, and that was after the Geno interception. So Geno threw an interception. Now they have the ball, and hey, positive vibes. Instead, they go for it. They don't get it. Guess yeah. what? Geno and company grow right down and score a touchdown. Well, you're not going to beat Geno Smith. He can field goals. We know that. We've established this at this point. Yeah, I mean, seriously. But, you know, that, and, and I give them credit, too, where the Seahawks, like, you know, they were up 17 nothing. Chargers put a drive together. It's 17-7. And then, then they have the, they do a little trick play where they put Dwayne Eskridge at tailback, and they're going to toss him the ball, and he just drops the toss. And 
Khalil Mack comes in and recovers the ball. So now you go, wait, we've kind of dominated this game, and holy shit, it's 17-14. But they have no problem. Just kind of like, okay, that's the game again. And they kind of reaccelerate and pulled away once again. Um, and they can do it, like, not only with big plays, but they can – Geno's shown he can be kind of, like, surgical and patient in the pass game too. It's not just like a one-trick pony that way. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I enjoy watching them, like yeah. I said. And then my other thing, too, to your injury thing with the Charger thing, yep. it's just, again – and I know they're banged up. They they got to find some ways to stretch the field and, and with the, the Chargers. It's just it's too much West Coast basics. They got all the right plays, like you've heard me say. You know, I know Lombardi, he's from, you know, uh, Joe Lombardi from the Saints. He's got all the basics that you need to have a successful offense. He's missing what I would call, and I said this to Jason Garrett last night, and I'm not sure I said it, but he's missing the three or four fuck you plays every game. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if I said that last week, but you know, just a few plays where I go, oh, I, I saw this team do this to this team, and or I saw this in another offense I was studying during the week. I'm going to steal it from them, put it in our offense. Like that's where they they got to find some ways to manipulate some some explosive plays. It can't always be Herbert making the perfect decision and perfect throw, or Eckler making something happen, or that short. too. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, that's the problem with the stat line when he's leading your team in receiving. And up there, week after week after week, that's not a good thing to me when you have Justin Herbert at quarterback. That's not. You're, 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 you're missing an element of your offense that you could be stressing yeah. defenses out and helping your offense out with. And, and that, to me, is they got to find a way to attack down the field a little bit more. Could be more difficult depending on the health of Mike Williams. I was just looking up DK Metcalf. Pete Carroll says a good report good. this morning. Does not need surgery. He hurt his patellar tendons. So. Wow. So. so it's the same. I mean – that's yeah, you know, it didn't look bad on the field. You seem to be like I'm all right, I'm well, all right, but then I, it was immediately ruled out. Do like, they oh. need they need to maybe check the turf with LA? Because like first off, JC Jackson's knee looked just like Odell's did. Yeah. I'm just running, and my leg got caught in the seams of the turf, and his 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 kneecap got dislocated, which is again right there by the patella tendon, which is you know again similar to what DK Metcalf had. Hmm. I, I don't know. I just hmm. those are things I think about, and again, I'm still in amazement that. In the NFL, with all this money we invest in the players, that we don't play on grass fields. It's, to me, crazy. All right, time now for our final two games. Oh, for that, we're going it? into the newsroom. That's it. Yeah, we've been going for a while here. Oh, okay. We, we're on three hours right now. <laughs> Give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. We'll start. You were talking about the Seahawks. They don't kick field goals. They score touchdowns. Well, we got a game of some field goals. <laughs> Titans versus the Colts. Uh, Titans won 19-10. Your headline for this was? Ooh. Ooh, out to pasture. Oh, do you get it? <laughs> is that a, yeah, was moo. it a cow? Like yeah, a, moo is usually a fucking cow, Pete. Yeah, Pete's asking. But, <laughs> but uh, okay, so, but the Oh, Colts, that's right, it's but horse. The, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right, I'm an idiot. <laughs> the, t- I, uh, the Titans yeah. did not beat the cows, they beat the Colts. <laughs> and the horse is going out to pasture. Uh, it's thoroughbred racing career <laughs> is done. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's been a long. It's been a long couple days. For you, <laughs> apparently, hasn't it? apparently, it's showing at the end of the pod. Uh, out to pasture. Though, wait, are you saying that the Colts are done? Is no, that what you're saying I'm not saying. I'm saying they're old put, and washed up. They're putting the old horse in the middle of nowhere to survive by himself a little too much, and that's in Matt Ryan. He needs younger horses around him. Well, he needs some help. I mean, it just can't. I mean, is that where we're gonna be? I mean, the, the, like Matt Ryan at this point of his career, we're just gonna go, hey man, you got to drop back every play and make it happen for us all the time. All game long. 
It's just too much to ask. You know, that's, I think, what bothers me about them. You know, the Tennessee Titans, they did what they always do, right? I mean, run the ball. Tannehill hit a few throws. They're just okay, good. And and then they just try to play like mistake-free football. And here they are sitting at 4-2, and two, just, you know, an ugly 4-2. and two. It's It really is. It's an ugly 4-2. and two. It's an ugly 4-2. and two. Yeah. But um, that's a credit to Mike Vrabel. It's the, way, it's the way he does. And they're just going to continue to get better. And they'll continue to find a guy to infuse into this passing offense. They need Traylon Burks to get back. They do miss a guy, right? They really do. But, you know, again, yeah, that. And then they played a team where I, this is where I do like the Titans. The Titans are creative in the back end. So they, this is a good matchup, and then they didn't have to worry about overdoing it to stop the run game, and that allows them to be creative in the back end. And we saw two straight drives, some bad interceptions by Matt Ryan. And, of course, you know, like we talked about with Rodgers and Brady being jittery, Ryan's not jittery. Ryan's tough and hangs in there and makes some of the damnedest ugly throws you'll ever see where you're like, Whoa, that was a 10-yard out route, and that ball was in the air for five seconds. But he put it in exactly the right place, and they caught it. But yeah, there's, to me, asking too much of him. And then, and, and then they don't protect that well. And, yeah, he's going to make mistakes. That pick six was bad. One, it didn't even look like Paris Campbell was expecting the ball. Two, it was a bad read. He it was double covered. There was two guys there. The next one, the little like ball over the middle, was another bad one as well. You know, It had some people around him. But, uh, yeah. You know that that's where the Colts like they're three three and one, but it's it's a struggle three three and one. And then mm-hmm. there's Tennessee, it's four and two. I don't know, nothing's easy for them either. No. But I feel kind of somewhat like you know what I I've seen them go down this road before. Yeah, they they're gonna get better. Get in ugly and then see what happens once they get into the playoffs. A game plan, a great defensive game plan for a game, and they're gonna run the ball and chew up the clock. And that's where they're tough. Uh, but yeah, they do need a little bit more to help them out, other than Derrick Henry. Uh, they need some other element on their offense, and that's what they're really missing on that side of the ball. Yeah, you mentioned Andrew Adams signed off of the Steelers practice squad in week three. He had 10 tackles. He had that pick six. It was the only Titans touchdown of the game. Aaron Kreppel wants to give a damn okay to the Titans defensive line. He goes, consistently put pressure on Matt Ryan, caused the two picks. Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Denico Autry seemed to have the right combo of speed and power. Changed the game. Yes, they're, 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 they are game changers, you know, and... My guy, Rashad Weaver, I think he always uh, uh, pops a little bit. And then, you know, I, I always sit with them. I just think, of just man, what would they look like if Harold Landry was healthy? Mm. I mean, because that, that, that's, that's another thing. We know they lost A.J. Brown, but the fact that they lost one of the better pass rushers right before the start of the season, and then it was a year without A.J. Brown where they're going to, man, we need our defense to be a little more dominant than normal. You know, that was a big loss for them. But, yeah, they're getting it going, and they are one of those teams that, yeah, it's ugly 4-2, and two, but yep. I don't know. I got confidence in them to kind of continue on the right track and trend upwards. Bud Dupree, he recorded eight pressures and six quarterback hits it's in a, the game. It's, so Bud, it, Bud Dupree had a great game. Well, this is what I'm talking about. Like, it's just Matt Ryan, like, think about these numbers yeah. we throw out there every week about him under pressure getting hit. You know, It's like, I'm too old for this stuff. I mean, he's got to be sitting there sore as hell, but it's just – it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask of him at this point of his career. 
Uh, you see, when he was under pressure, he had some trouble, a couple interceptions there, but uh, he was under pressure quite a bit. Uh, the Colts, one last thing, yeah. as you mentioned, is it's still not easy for the Titans. And Derrick Henry, they did ride him. They did. They tried to, to pack the box against him versus seven or more men in the box. He had 29 rushes, 126 yards. But that was also with the Colts' defense that did not have Quiddy Pay, did not have Shaquille Leonard. Yes, so right. it's going to be tough for the Titans. It, yeah. It's going to be tough for them, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It okay. is. They're, 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 it's it's going to have to play through their defense. Ugly wins. Efficient, run the ball, chew the clock. That's that's who the Titans are going to be. Totally opposite type of game in Las Vegas. A lot of offense in this game. Raiders beat the Texans 38-20. to Your headline for this one is... Ride the hot hand. Woo! We're in Vegas, baby! Viva Las Vegas! And they got hot, and they rode the hot hand of Josh Jacobs, who ended with 143 rushing yards. We got a damn okay. Anthony Rufo said Josh Jacobs. We thought might get traded. Three games of at least 143 rushing yards. Looks like a dark horse offensive player of the year candidate. That's a pretty good point. He had three touchdowns all in the second half of this game. He's playing awesome. There was just a point in the second quarter of the football game where the the Raiders scored right before the half. Carr threw an unbelievable throw down the middle. Hollins made a really tough contested catch and came up with the touchdown to make the game 10-10. And... It's like the Raiders became unstoppable from that point on. You couldn't stop. No matter what they wanted to do, they did it. Carr was efficient and smart and got things going. But the run game, and I think, hey, you know, they're getting used to the Josh McDaniel style of offense and play, too. I think that's the other thing, too. Again, they're, they're a team that's, you know, with Gruden for years. It's more West Coasty. It's more inside-outside zone running. Here they're, you know, pulling guards, smash-mouth football that way. And Jacobs, as we're seeing, is a pretty special back. I mean, not he's he's got tremendous power. He can really weave through traffic, breaks a lot of arm tackles, and you know, not that he's like a seventy-yard touchdown type of runner, but a lot of good ten and fifteen. Whoa, that was explosive! How he kind of exploded to the hole and got to the second level. That's where he's really good. Um, the Raiders are not out of this. The Raiders are one of these teams where I look at to go, yeah, they're two and four. Yeah, but the way their schedule shakes up, and then the way they're they're playing as a team again. They're, they don't have a lot of stars, but I think their offense is kind of finding their way, and their defense is really well coached to where I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting here a month from now just going, Raiders, they're in the playoff conversation here. I agree. Don't count them out. I, I, I think it could even be more than that for the Raiders, and I think the questions are on defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Max Crosby, though, has been very good. Um, they have gotten some good play out of their secondary. Hobbs has played yes, well. I think right. he, I don't know if he's bad or he was hurt or dinged up or something like that. But I think if they can kind of make some strides defensively, I think they do have enough offensive star power. Yeah, I think Jacobs so, too. And Carr and but, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, who hasn't really gotten going. Right. Mac Holland. Holland yeah, Holland. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I, I think yeah, the, they're close. They're, they're like a dark horse team that by the end of the year, for me, yeah. we could be saying like they're one of the top six or seven teams in football. Mm, I, I don't think you're crazy by saying that. I don't. And, you know, and again, even the, some of the losses early on in the year, I mean, again, just think of how close they were. You know, and, and we came away, I came away in a few of them, the Arizona game, week one against the Chargers. You know, of course, Kansas City, they went toe-to-toe with them. Where, you know, but in some of those games where I go, ah, uh, you know, Derek Carr, you know, he still he he left some plays on the field. He's on the number one read too long a few times, and you know, he's getting used to it. It's a different. He's trust me. This is some learning curve. I bet he's had to go through this year. 
Um, he'll probably let everybody know after the year when he gets to talk about it a little bit, especially if they're successful and he can really expound on it. Expand on it, excuse yep. me. Um, but yeah, good, good, gritty win by them. You know, the Texans did some good things too. I don't want to like Davis Mills. He made some plays. You know, had a, the the interception he threw. What, at what point of the game was that? I remember thinking that was a pretty. Um, Pretty big point in the game because it was still in the balance, and and I feel like that was the. I want to say the it was twenty four three hundred yards, two touchdowns. You got to bring up. Well, it was just a big moment to where I was going. The game, it was thirty one twenty. Okay, I thought it was twenty four twenty when he threw the pick six to Deron Harmon, but I, I I was wrong there. Okay, um, but yeah, that game got a little bit back and forth for a little bit, and Damian Pierce was running the ball well and everything there. It kind of got fun to watch uh, in the third and fourth quarter, and and the Raiders just kept the gas or pedal on the gas and, and pulled away. And that was. Give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. That's all right. We've had better. Pete finally pressed the button to play the graphic there. Yep. Good job, Pete. Pete. Whenever Way a graphic go. does not roll properly, it was all on Pete. It was all on yep. Pete. And whenever there's a saying that uh, does not come out clearly, it's either you or me, uh, which has happened quite a bit. Final thing here, let's get let's get uh, let's get out of this one. I think we are going on two hours now. Bet MGM parlay preview. Monday Night Football, Bears at Patriots. Chris, on the Thursday pod, you said all Patriots. I even feel like you made it your best bet, right? I did make it my best bet, but that doesn't that means run the other way with me. <laughs> they don't want to listen to me. They're favored by eight over the Bears. I, I can't pick best bets right now. I, I'm really well, no one can. I mean, no one thought Carolina was going to win. I, thought, yeah. I used to be like really gifted at this. You're worse than most, but I think everyone's thank on a you. Bad year. Thank you for that. Pick me up. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah, I used to be really gifted at this. I used to be the guy that like my friends who are rich would be like, "Who? What's your game this week?" Like, Mom, we're going with that. Have they just stopped calling? They you have. Now? One of them said, "I quit." He left me a text message last night while I was on the pregame show. He said, "I quit you weeks ago." <laughs> and I was like, "You should. Yeah. You definitely should." I, I don't know what I have to evaluate myself a little bit with these picks, and I'll get to the bet MGM parlay preview here in a second. But uh-huh. I got to evaluate. I'm great with some of my my you know prop bets and things like that that I've done for Thursday Night Football. I mean, Pete would I think tell you I've done a pretty good job with some of those. But like my some of these games, I just I I think what I have to do, Ahmed, is we spend today, tomorrow, Wednesday. All I do is look back. Mm. I gotta think. I gotta start infusing look forward earlier in my week because I'm all we're worried about is breaking down this past game, breaking down the past game, breaking down the past game, and then it's like, okay, man, I just did the longest breakdown podcast in the history of football. Now tell me who's gonna win tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like. And yeah. I'm like, what's going on? And that's I gotta I gotta reevaluate. Oh, maybe gotta we gotta help you pick better. Pete just in my ear said, "What the f will happen Wednesday?" Ooh, ooh. maybe that's what I need to. Maybe we need to infuse that a little bit maybe into the pod. Maybe we do that a little right, bit. Maybe right. we do that. Although Gosh, I feel I'm, like looking back does help inform your de- decisions moving. moving it it forward, gives me but. a great help as far as the overall team sometimes. And that's where I try to tell my like, – I have a great feel for the overall team, but sometimes I don't think of – I don't get to enough of the specifics of the matchup that are going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. Or there's just a few things where I'll be sitting there, you know, on a Saturday watching an NFL show going, damn, oh, I wish I would have thought about that when I was picking the game the other day. Gosh, that's going to be a – Like, I do like Carolina over Tampa. <laughs> well, that <laughs> definitely wasn't one of them. <laughs> there's not. Uh-huh. But as far as this game tonight, yep. defense, defense, defense. I think the the Patriots are going to play this close to the vest. They're going to expect their defense to smother Chicago. 
and they're going to run the ball and just wait like we've kind of seen to go, wait, is Chicago stopping the run? Oh, they are? They're, they're just loading up? Okay, we'll unveil it from there. You know, but I think this is one that's kind of close and ugly early on. And slowly but surely the Patriots wear them down. There's just not enough on the Bears' offense for me to sit here and think, oh, they're going to consistently move the ball. Yeah, they run the ball, but we know their pass game's simple. I don't think they totally trust Justin Fields that way. And I have a hard time thinking that, you know, the Patriots and that defensive staff won't have a good game plan for this offense. A couple of the props that you say you've done well on. Bears over-under is 13.5 points. Justin Fields over-under for passing yards is 159.5. Jeez. Do they go under on both of those? I mean, those are phenomenal. I mean, the fact that we're even picking 159 yeah. yards for a pass, that just tells you about the struggles of him and the offense in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I picked the 24-13, so I guess I like the under a little bit here. You know, again, I didn't know what the uh, – but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going go, to go the under slightly. You know, I, one thing I do feel good about is I, I, of course, feel like the Patriots will cover here. And I wouldn't be shocked to see this be a 30-13 to 13 type of football game. You know, something along those lines. Justin Fields, 159-5. <sighs> That's, it's a low number. I'm going to say he goes over, but barely. You know, I, the, the, this is where I look at it, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong to think about it. I, I just look at it and go, he isn't afraid. He throws a pretty nice deep ball. He's not afraid to chuck it loose on that. And I do think that the the Patriots will give him some chances one-on-one to maybe make a few throws down the field. He's gone over 159 the last three games after not doing it the first three games. Right. So we will see tonight. The I action know. never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Say you bet $100 on the Bears to pull off the upset, I would Ahmed. never. I would never do that. No, okay. I, I wouldn't either. That's the dumbest $100 you ever did in your <laughs> life. If you win, you'll get $310. But if you lose, you still get $100 worth of free bets, Ahmed. I just don't like the Bears. So even if it were likely to happen, I still, you wouldn't, still wouldn't do it. You still wouldn't do it. Okay. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. And that is it. Three hours and 17 minutes. And we even had, like, what, two fewer games? Yeah. doesn't matter. Right. 140 every time. Right. It's your fault. It might be my fault it a is. couple of times. You lead my, kept... led me down a road. Well, of... no. You know what happened? Right. It was when you were doing the 49ers things, and, like, you were saying all the different ways they can beat a team. Oh, yeah, that right. That was 17 minutes. It wasn't when I mooed instead of nade. <laughs> <laughs> it all added up. Yeah, Kristen's uh, playing the music already. All right, we're out of here. Peace out, everybody. You know what it is. It's Wednesday. We'll be back for What the F Happened podcast, a.k.a. the Treasure Hunters. Ahmed Farid, thank you again for leading the charge. So nice to enjoy our Mondays together. Yes. Good morning, and we'll see you later. Clap it Clap up. Clap it up. <laughs>